0: Welcome back to the Balance Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. Today, we have a guest who is not only my friend and someone who inspires me beyond, beyond, beyond in every way. We also have one of the leading breathwork specialists in existence, Ashley Nees. She spoke at Revitalize this year about the importance of breathwork, the science of breathwork, and how we can all incorporate breathing into our lives. So it might sound really simple, but breathwork is a life-changing practice. I know it's changed my life. It has changed Ashley's life in a lot of ways, which we'll talk about here. And what I'm most inspired by about Ashley is that she has set her soul on fire and she focuses on breath work. And it's really interesting because she decided she was doing a lot of stuff, teaching yoga, coaching, doing all the things that a lot of us wellness industry people do. And she decided to hone in and focus on her core passion, which is, of course, breath work which is a word that you'll hear a lot today. And I just really admire that because now she is known for her studies on breathwork and for leading people through breathwork sessions. I've had some really transformative sessions with her. It was Kelly Lavac, our very close mutual friend that introduced me to... Ashley's work. And I love that she doesn't work in a traditional way. Her breath work is so much more about drawing inward and getting to the root of the problem than actually breathing. So you do breathe in the process, but actually noticing that you're breathing. So I can't wait to share her story with all of you guys. She's also just one of the most authentic people that I know, one of the kindest, most radiant souls. You're going to fall in love with her. And before we dive into the episode, I wanted to thank our sponsor for today, Rebel. You guys know my undying love for Rebel drinks. Rebel drinks are coconut milk-based elixir and protein drinks. You can find them all over the place, specifically at Whole Foods. If you live in LA, you can find them at Erewhon, Earth Bar, etc. And Their stuff is full of adaptogens. Adaptogens are super herbs that are used by ancient cultures to bring the body back to a state of balance. So, for example, um, some of the adaptogens that they use are reishi, maca, and ashwagandha. They all have incredible health benefits. So, if I was just going to give you an example, I have personally been prescribed ashwagandha for relaxation and for calm. And that's because my mind races all the time. It's really hard for me to fall asleep at night. And I take ashwagandha before I go to sleep to calm me down. But because adaptogens bring our body back to homeostasis and all of our bodies are so different, some people might actually find that ashwagandha gives them energy or maybe takes away their stress or eases their depression. So adaptogens are those things you kind of have to play around with to see how they work in your body and to see what you like about them the most so rubble drinks are also full of healthy fats mcts which are medium chain triglycerides something that you'll find a lot of in the bulletproof ketogenic lifestyle all their products are certified organic non-gmo soy free dairy free paleo friendly the list goes on And something super cool about Rebel that is actually always going to be one of my favorite things about Rebel beyond how delicious they are is that they were born out of a nonprofit called Not For Sale. Not For Sale was looking for a way to protect the vulnerable communities around the world that cultivate, harvest, and sell the herbs featured in the Rebel drinks. So the beverage brand actually exists as a part of a solution to help eliminate human trafficking. So they are an impact-driven company model, not just a brand that was seeking to align with a cause. And I really appreciate that. So as always with Rebel, we are offering a really fun giveaway. Rebel's all about community, just like this podcast is all about community. So we will be giving away a case of Rebel to you and your best friend. Head over to Instagram, comment on the photo that I used to promote this episode. It will likely be a photo of me and Ashley. And tag your best friend. Tell us why you want to try Rebel. Tell us what you love about the idea of adaptogens and coconut milk-based elixirs and protein drinks and how you would incorporate them into your life. And I will be choosing a winner In about two weeks from today, so if you're not listening on the day that this episode comes out, you can still find the photo and enter. So thank you so much to Rebel for being a longtime supporter of this podcast. I love you guys more than words can say. And without further ado, let's talk to Ashley. Hello, everyone. I am sitting here with the amazing Ashley Nice. Her presence is so calming, so grounding, so beautiful. And I'm so glad that she's here. We almost did this podcast episode the last time I saw her, but we were so blissed out, or at least I was from the breathwork session that I had with her. We collectively decided to wait because we're both working on waiting and saying no and not doing everything so immediately. And I really appreciate everything I've learned from her, which we will discuss at length in this episode. She is a breathwork teacher and specialist and... You may have seen her on Instagram. Your feed is like so calming to look at and so zen and outdoorsy and all the things that I want my life to be. So Ashley, say hello and tell us you.
1: Hi. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. I'm just a huge fan of you, huge fan of the podcast, and it's just such an honor to be able to be here and share and connect and um, I'm feeling really good about the sage that we just burned and like feeling too. like, okay, that was a really nice way to start. And the beautiful cards that we drew, man, I'm just very happy to be here.
0: I'm mm-hmm. so glad to have you here. It's going to be such a fun conversation. Yes. I think we'll be introducing a lot of people to breathwork. We'll get into that. Before we do, I wanted to read the cards that we just pulled. We have this... Gabby Bernstein deck I forget what it's called it's something like the universe has your back deck and Ashley and I just pulled cards I really like what they both say you want to read yours yes I'd love to
1: my capacity to tune into the energy of love gives me the words I need when I'm ready to speak up the compassion I need when it's time to forgive and the power I need when I am lost so beautiful It's so beautiful. (laughs) And so like everything that we've been talking about.
0: Yeah, and it's so podcast worthy. It's about sharing yourself and for the capacity of the greater good. It's so cool. Mine says, instead of praying for an outcome, I pray for the highest good for all. Mm. And that's good for me (laughs) because I'm such an outcome person. I'm such a like, I mean, as I told you, I woke up with like, A rampant to do list. And it's like, what's the outcome? What's the outcome? And I think this card is a reminder to let that go and just kind of trust that when I do, the highest good for all will come.
1: Yes. And I love that you just even mentioned the word trust because I feel like that's just been such a huge thing. And that was what was coming up the last time we met and what's been coming up in my life and I know your life as well with all the work that we're doing right now of really slowing down, listening to ourselves, and taking those risks of saying no and trusting that it's all going to work out, we're going to be taken care of, and that we are going to get to do you know, the, the highest work that we're here to do.
0: Yes. <laughs> and I have to tell you, after the last session that we had in Silver Lake— When I decided that I wanted to move to Silver Lake and (laughs) called Jonathan and said, I would really like to move to Silver Lake, let's do this. And he was literally laughing at me because it's far from everything that we both do. And he's really used to me basically going anywhere and everywhere and saying that I want to move there, but (laughs) everywhere that I connect to. I felt so good after our session that I felt for weeks I had clarity in areas that I don't always have clarity. And I had this just amazing... I just felt so good. I went to this event after our breathwork session, but I left really quickly. It was like perfect. I did everything I wanted to do there, supported my friend who was hosting it and left (laughs) and had dinner alone at Erewhon and came home. And like, I just felt like this is what makes me happy. And I know what makes me happy and not just in that moment, but in general, because we covered so many things in our session. And that leads me into how do your breathwork sessions work? And we'll later get into breathwork, what it is, how you found it. But I find that your sessions are so different than what I've heard of or tried with breathwork before, like really personal and it seems like you tailor them to like exactly what's happening in the situation. So what are what are they like for you?
1: That's a great question. And yeah, there's so many different styles of breath work and so many different teachers out there. And for me, coming from a background of classical Hatha yoga, I was taught that yoga traditionally is taught person to person, right? So it's not always taught in groups, but it's been passed down teacher to student. And in that relationship, it's so personalized. And so a lot of my early yoga teachers, I met with them one-on-one and I'd meet with them for hours and we'd do very specific pranayama, so very specific breathing techniques for whatever I was going through at that point in my life. And then they would essentially give me a prescription for asanas and postures and then a prescription for meditation. And so for me, coming in and just having such an individualized practice from the get-go is has filtered into the way that I work with clients now because I I know that and we know this from like food to everything else like it's not a one size fits all and while there are a ton of breathing techniques that are really really helpful I'm mostly interested in just working with my clients where they are and honestly sometimes in the beginning with clients if they've got a lot going on we won't even initially do a ton of breathing techniques we'll just talk for an hour you know and mm-hmm. figure out where they're at and help them get grounded you know so I it really yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did a lot of grounding with you. And then we did some some breathing towards the end and then some really important boundary work because I was like, this is just what I was kind of intuiting in the session, but For me, as a practitioner, it's always collaborative. So I'll make a suggestion. And then if the client is like, yeah, that feels right, great. We'll go in that direction. And if they're like, no, I want to go over here, that's great too. Talk about like not being attached to outcomes. (laughs) Like It's a really creative process the way that I work. And that's what keeps it so interesting. While I'm going off intuition, I'm also going off like what my client is like saying and what they're physically expressing to me in that moment as well.
0: Yeah, (laughs) when you suggested working on boundary work that day. I was elated because you intuited that that was so important for me and kind of for everyone right now. Um as you talk about or as you and I talk about, it seems to be like the collective consciousness of the moment in our circle of people and probably a lot of people listening. Is this overextending yourself, not creating the boundaries or knowing the boundaries but not implementing them? And you picked right up on me being a part of that, being sucked into that issue.
1: Yeah, it's a really big issue, and I've been working on it with myself included, of course. I'm always, you know, doing a ton of work on myself and with myself um, and growing and all those things. But with my clients, it comes up in so many different areas. I see it, and I have been seeing it a lot, especially around work. And then I'm also seeing it in relationships and really noticing how much energy folks are taking on from other people, you know, and really like, and it's, And we'll get into this more, but my whole thing is it's not about like protecting ourselves or putting up all these shields and boundaries to like get rid of other people's energy or block other people's energy. It's really about how to stay grounded in ourselves. And by filling ourselves up with enough breath and with enough prana and with enough energy, like we won't take that stuff on, we just won't. We'll be way more resilient. And when we do take it on, we'll know right away.
0: Yes. Even hearing you say that makes me take deeper breaths. (laughs) I love it. It's like Shaman Durek, what he said recently on an episode was people can't take energy from you. And similarly, they can't break down your boundaries. It's so much more about our perspective and our grounding practices and knowing ourselves. and in his very loving way, he laughed at me when I said like, people take from me all the time. And he was like, that doesn't exist. (laughs) People can't take from you, it doesn't exist. (laughs) You are inherently a giver and a lover and why do you feel like you can't be that? And so I think the same goes for what you're saying with staying grounded in our breath so that we can be this vessel to deal with whatever comes our way, positive and negative, and teach others about boundaries, even when we don't have them down perfectly ourselves.
1: Exactly, and that's what's so beautiful about all this kind of work. It's like, it's for me, I'm just a work in progress and I'm super vulnerable on my blog and my life about what I'm going through and that practice is what has given me, just like with you, just what's given me a practice and what helps people come into my classes and people are really connected when people are vulnerable. They're like, oh, you don't have it all figured out? cool, like I'll ride with you. You know what I mean? Right. And like you're honest about that. And yeah, I've done a lot of work just like you have and a lot of us have. But there's, it's not about being perfect. It's really about knowing when I need to do some work and being willing to do it and being willing to go into those places that might be painful, that might be scary, that might be confusing and messy and be willing to really embrace that and accept it and be like, okay, this is what it is now. You know?
0: Yes now being the keyword yes, because now. things change so much. Oh my gosh. Now in the now moment. <laughs> that's what I have to tell myself all the time and it's so helpful. Yeah.
1: And they do change and they change so quicker than I think I even realize sometimes. And I know from growing up I was very I was, you know, I have Pisces moon, Scorpio rising. Um, I have a lot of water in my jar and it's like deep feelers over What's here. Your you know. Sun sign? Aquarius. Thank oh, God. Your, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, thank God. I need that. Uh-huh, something. There, there's like something that's like kind of driving this train. Uh huh. Um, <laughs>
0: I'm like, Aquarius rising.
1: Yes.
0: Cancer moon. Oh,
1: okay. Libra sun. Okay. So big feelers on the mm-hmm. moon signs over here. Oh, yes. Yeah. So massive. When I
0: learned that I was a Cancer moon, everything came into place for me. <laughs> like, this is why I am deeply emotional, (laughs) highly sensitive, et cetera, but all the things that both of us are.
1: Yes, it makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of my good friends have um, water signs for moon signs. So Mm -hmm. it makes, it just, of course, of course we're doing this right now. Um, Exactly. But yeah, those just those deep, deep, deep feelings and that deep sense of empathy from the time I was little and feeling like, and part of it was that I was taking on so much stuff for my family and my parents included and not really knowing not being able to distinguish what's mine, what's theirs, it's like everything's just one. And so there was a lot of merging, there was a lot of me being this sponge and soaking a lot of things up and just feeling like it was never gonna end. You know, I'm like, I'm always gonna feel these things. And part of why I felt that is because so much of that wasn't even mine to feel and process. And moving into a space now in my adult self of having so many tools for regulating myself and being able to distinguish like, oh, that's cool, it's not mine. I can just leave that there. That person's having that experience may or may not have anything to do with me, but I can still take care of myself no matter what somebody else is doing, is such big work.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because other people are always going to be doing whatever they're doing. (laughs) And we can't control it and we can't control how it affects us necessarily, but we can control how we feel about it. Yes. So I'm sure when you were young, when you were feeling all these things, you probably didn't think you were going to grow up to be a breathwork teacher. (laughs) I doubt you even knew what breathwork was if you're anything like me growing up. So how did the journey to becoming a teacher of breathwork, what was What was that like for you?
1: I am, um, it's, it's a great question and it's been such a kind of long and twisty road, but I'll give you the kind of the snippets and the highlights. I um, grew up as a classical uh, dancer. So I have a background in classical dance from the time I was little was also, and this is also so interesting, not very few people know this about me, and I haven't, I don't even know if I've ever said this publicly, but I used to be a really heavy smoker.
0: Oh, and, wow. Yeah,
1: which is like... The people, opposite of of now, your breath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I used to be a pretty heavy smoker when I gave up dance and kind of had my wild child days um, in high school, and then went into a recovery program, quit smoking, did all those things, and started getting my life on track, and in that process, discovered yoga and... Like I had mentioned before, I was working with a lot of teachers one on one, doing a lot of really deep pranayama, deep meditation, deep asana. And what I found over the years was I kept going back to my yoga practice, kept going back to my pranayama practice. But what I loved the most was the breath because it was so fast. It was so fast. It was just instantly changed how I was feeling. And I was like, this is a really powerful tool. And when I started teaching yoga, when I moved to LA, I. Had so much fun teaching and I loved it, but again, what I was noticing even in teaching that I just really wanted to teach breath, I didn't really want to teach postures as much, it wasn't, um, it just wasn't what I felt called to do. And I also felt there's so many other people in Los Angeles doing that who are so good, like, I don't need to take up every single lane, I can just like stay in this lane over here and let other people go in their lane, and like, that's actually beautiful. You know? I love
0: that, I love that as someone who's constantly trying to stay in my own lane and not feel like I have to be everything all the time, every single passion that I have be a master (laughs) at it, that speaks to me.
1: Yeah. And that's really what it was. I was connecting with so many students on the breath and then I was getting invited to teach corporate classes. And so I was just pitching them these breathing classes. I was like, look, I have all these pranayama techniques. They work really well. People don't have to like change their clothes. They don't have to sit on the floor, you know? And it was just automatically things started opening where it became so accessible for people. And that was a thing that was really exciting to me. I love how accessible and kind of non-denominational breathwork practices are. And to me, they have such a such a broad implication because they are those things, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah.
0: I love that. It's so true. You You don't have to... Wear yoga clothes and lay down and do all of those things in order to reap the
1: benefits of breath work. Exactly. And the other thing about it is people tend to kind of brush it off. They're like, oh, breathing, like we do that involuntarily. Like, why do I need to go to a class or why do I need to work with you or whatever it is? Like, why, what, would, what would be the benefit? And for me, the thing about breathing that's so cool is that it requires us to slow down. It requires us to slow down. You can move pretty quickly in a, you know, vinyasa flow class. And when you're breathing and when we're doing these practices, you're actually having to slow down and ground your nervous system in a completely different way. And that is challenging, you know, and that's requiring a whole nother set of, and just requires a whole nother set of tools for people.
0: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So how did breathwork introduce itself into your life?
1: I'm trying to think back like what year it was. It's been a long time now, but it was I was in grad school in San Francisco and it was when I went to my first yoga class, which was a Bikram yoga class. And we started doing some breath work in there. And that was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. And... I immediately was drawn to Bikram because I loved, it was intense, it's like sweaty, it's hot, it's like everyone in San Francisco is doing it. And coming from Atlanta, which is where I grew up, I'm like, this feels like just very different from anything that I've known. You know, This is not like classical ballet, this is not what people are doing in the South, at least they weren't really doing it back then. And again, I just loved the breathing aspect and I loved how I felt after class. And so I was like, how can I explore this more? And over the years, I've been fortunate to study with a lot of different teachers who've done a lot of different styles of breath work. And now I've kind of just taken the best of what I've learned and added my own things and really created my own practice.
0: Yeah, that's what it seems like when practicing breath work with you, that it is your own practice, your own molding together of everything you've learned. And I love that you discovered breath work and yoga um, by really truly just breathing and taking the time to notice the breath. And I also love that you started with Bikram, as (laughs) did I. And I think that maybe that's a NorCal thing. That was the only yoga studio in Sacramento for many, many years. And I was a Bikram addict every day of the week, sometimes twice a day. And I was like 14. But then this other place called Zuda opened up and anyone listening from Sacramento definitely knows Zuda. And that is vinyasa. It's a baptist style and introduced me to something that was heated, but not so intense. And that's what I've continued with for all of these decade and more. And when you mention it that way, breathwork has always been, I guess, so much more a part of my life. Yoga practice, et etc., than I had ever given it credit for. I more felt like I discovered breathwork more recently with you and being introduced to you by Kelly and another breathwork teacher that would teach at the same studio where I used to teach in Brentwood because that style, like doing true breathwork and having like my hands cramp up and like meditating and going to a different place. It feels so cool. So for people listening who might not know what breathwork is, like if they came to take a breathwork session, how would you describe it?
1: One of the ways that I like to describe it is it's, um you can describe it as an active form of meditation because it really is dropping you into your body in such a quick way. And like in, oftentimes in meditative practices, they'll do a visualization or sometimes in meditation, they'll even say, focus on your inhale or focus on your inhale. Exhale, things like that. So I call it an active style meditation because it's more, it's more physical than like a seated meditation. And um, the other thing about it that I find so amazing is it just has such a quick and easy, it's such a quick and easy way to regulate your nervous system. And that's really the main thing that I'm working with when I'm working with clients is I'm working directly with our nervous system.
0: Yeah, that's what it feels like. And that's probably why I felt so adjusted when I left nervous system-wise. I felt so much more in tune with who I am. And that can really only be done in very, very, very deep work. So, working with the nervous system is as deep as you can get.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, it's very deep. And I love that you mentioned the class or the classes that you've been to where you go and you have these, you know, big releases and your hands cramp and those types of things and breath work classes that are like very active, right? And they're yeah. in some ways they're. I would also call them activating because they are really activating for people. And there are a lot of different styles of breath work. There are a lot of different kind of, you know, brand names of breath work, just like there are with yoga. Um, and I think that those, those, every practice has a place. And I think that those practices can be really helpful. I used to teach a lot of more activating breath work, but what I found for me and particularly with my client base is they're already kind of just have so much going on. <laughs> it's like having them do one more thing that's like really ramping them up is actually a little, it's, it's much more helpful for their nervous system to do something that's a little bit more subtle. But I think that all of those practices are really wonderful. You know, anything that's going to get somebody breathing and get them introduced to breath work is great.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I really have enjoyed those classes that I've done that are very activating, mostly because I'm a very activating addict uh, obsessed kind of person. (laughs) However, I have to say I was so pleased that the breathwork session I did with you in Silver Lake was so calming and I don't even think I realized we were doing it until it was over because (laughs) we were talking and I was laying there and my eyes were closed and you were picking up on exactly what I needed. And then we did some Tai Chi and I released like through my hands even. And you had me say no and create those boundaries. And that does seem like a style that is so uniquely you, which I love. And something about this podcast is those who have set their soul on fire. And what I find so interesting about you and everything that you do is that you have made this breathwork practice so accessible to people who are living very fast-paced lives, as you mentioned, and um, including myself and being able to reap those benefits. So I know a lot of people listening are also interested in the business side of what you do with this alternative career and you've branded breathwork so well um even if that wasn't an intention <laughs> so what have you learned about creating a brand around something that you love
1: that's a such a great question jordan i've learned mm-hmm. <laughs> i've learned a lot and honestly and i'm sure you can relate to this as well and i'm sure a lot of our listeners can that it's it's been such a creative process and such an intuitive process and you know i started more branding myself as a yoga and you know meditation teacher because that's what I was actively doing. And then I started getting a lot of private clients. And it was really when I started working with people privately and then doing the corporate work that my practice just started to shift so much. When you get somebody one-on-one for a session, it's just, it's so full on. You know, <laughs> and you're like, all right, we're going to tailor this program just like my teachers did with me for many years. Like I was tailoring programs to meet their needs. And what I found was for a lot of people that I was working with is they weren't so like jazzed about practicing yoga by themselves. They were like, I'm happy to go to a studio and I'm happy to like, you know, go to a studio five days a week, but I don't really want to practice, you know, yoga at home alone, but I'm happy to do breath work. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. And again, it was just a product of the clients that I was working with. And also my desire to do a kind of deeper, what I would call like subtle energy work, really is what breath work is in a lot of ways, too. So it's really dropping everything down so low. But for the branding aspect, I um, actually worked with this amazing team, Braid Creative. They are in the Midwest. These two women, they're amazing. And I sat down with them and I was like, I want to kind of brand myself as a breathwork person. This is what I'm doing. It's what I've been doing for years. It's, I don't even really teach yoga anymore, but like I need to change my website. and I need to change my copy. Like Help. <laughs> and um, they were... I mean, they just sent me so many great branding questions and they helped me kind of get all my copy together and help me launch into this whole new career, or I should say like next kind of ideation of my career. And from the second I launched my new website two years ago, it was just like, boom. I mean, it was all happening so fast. And there's something again about staying in your lane, right? And really like going into your niche and really being like, no, this is who I am. Like, I'm going to let go of like the yoga. I'm going to let go of the meditation. I'm going to let go of the coaching. I'm going to let go of this. And I'm just going to focus here. And Honestly, it was scary because I was like, but I need all these things. Like, they make me feel safe. You know, they make me feel really safe to be like, I do 25 things, you know? And they were, and um, Kathleen and her sister Tara were like, just say you do one thing because you know when you get a client in that you do many things. But from a branding perspective, you don't need to say that you do a million things. It's actually much more effective to just it makes say one. To Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Wow.
0: Wow. Valuable <laughs> advice. I'm just going to let it soak in because... How refreshing to hear in this world where it feels like we have to be an expert on everything and do so many things. And throughout the day, including myself, I meet so many people who say, I'm a yoga teacher and a blogger and a health coach and a nutritionist and an author and a this and a that. And I'm in school to do this. And now I'm going to this program. (laughs) And I'm one of those people too, because I, I'm like so into learning and and now it's, I want to go study astrology and there's so many facets, but focusing is so important. And it also helps you hone in on what it is that you love so that you can do that. Because imagine if you were still doing everything else and then you only had one quarter of your time to dedicate to being a breathwork teacher, then that wouldn't be very much time to develop and develop your style. And when you say you let go of being a coach and a yoga teacher, I feel like you do all those things as a breathwork teacher.
1: Yeah, you do. And, yeah. it's, and, and that's exactly it. You're 100% correct. But it's from, from a branding perspective, from that more kind of outward-facing brand, it's like, boom, here you are. Doing your one thing, but then inward facing—you already know you're a multitude of things, and isn't that amazing? Like we're all Renaissance women, and we all do a million things, and that's cool. Like Woohoo. I'm, I'm like you. I'm constantly studying and learning and evolving, and um, you know, working with different people and expanding my capacity to work with myself and teach, but also from that marketing perspective, it's just like having that outward facing piece is. Again, it was really scary, but it's something that I'm so glad I did because it helped me stay so focused, Mm -hmm. you know, and so many, you know, to be honest, I was also a little bit scared because I just felt like, oh, it's like not that interesting to just like say you do one thing. It's like everyone does a million things and now I'm going to be so lame. Just, hey, I'm a breathwork teacher. It's all I do. Like I kind of had to get over that and be like, actually, that's, it's really powerful to claim what you're doing. And like you said, once you claim it, you can go so much deeper into it. And like, why not try to be an expert? You know, instead of trying to just do everything okay, like why not try to be an expert in a couple of things? And for me, that the breath has just been what I've been wanting to focus on.
0: Yes. Claim your power and own it. I love that. I love it so much. And it makes me think of things that you've been involved in lately, like... Speaking on a panel at Mind Body Greens Revitalize as a breathwork specialist. And those are the kinds of opportunities that come to people who focus on their craft and really make you an expert. And so opportunities like that are probably flying your way ever since you made that decision to claim what you do.
1: That's exactly right. And I had a very full practice before. I kind of just was like, this is what I'm doing. And most of the clients that I had been working with already knew that because that's what I was doing with them behind the scenes. I just hadn't rebranded and I hadn't kind of pushed that as far as the branding was concerned. But once I did that, like I said, it was just like instant floodgate of opportunity and, and clients and just so many amazing things, relationship building, all the all of the stuff that you would want. It's just been so inspiring. And now I feel like I'm in this... like going into this next level where it's like, oh, I've been doing this for a while now. Like you said, I was at Mind Body Green, and now I'm getting to step up and be seen in a different community in a different way. And that feels, feels really good. It was so... I'm just... My heart is so full of love and gratitude for that experience because I had this moment where I was like, oh... I'm I'm like stepping in in this whole other way now. Cool. Here we are.
0: Yeah. yeah. That was huge. <laughs> I could see it like as I saw the shift as I was watching you on stage at Mind Body Green. Not that you weren't already powerful to begin with, but seeing you up there with these row of breathwork researchers, um I was just like, "Wow. This is next level kind of stuff and that just must feel so good."
1: Yeah, it feels really good because it's. I've oftentimes in my life have been one to just be really dismissive of compliments or really dismissive of praise. And something I've been working on a lot the last couple of years is just really receiving, you know, and just it's like, I want to be seen, I want to be seen, but then it's like, I don't receive. You yeah. know? And I'm like, see me, see me, but like, okay, that's enough. Like, I just kind of close up after a while. And so the last couple of years, I've been like, no, I want to be seen. And like, thank you for the praise and thank you for seeing me and thank you for recognizing like the work that I've put in and the time that I've put in. And I feel like that receptivity and just actually taking a minute to take it in is so important for us. We don't do it enough. It is. I love that you said that.
0: You have this good way about you of like mirroring a lot of things that I have been thinking about and haven't even maybe risen to my consciousness yet. But hearing you say that, I've noticed about myself, especially over the last couple weeks, receiving compliments from dear friends and not acknowledging them, which is so weird because I, too, I want to receive those compliments and even show gratitude, of course, most especially for the people who are saying those things to me. But I just find myself smiling and then changing the subject even last night with my best friend saying something. It was because she's in a totally different industry. And I had the opportunity to go to this lunch that was a part of that industry. And it was so, to her, just so cool and so impressive. This was like the leaders in this industry that I don't know a whole lot about. I was brought in to discuss wellness there. And... um. She was like, oh, it was so cool to be able to tell my boss that you were there. And it's amazing. He was so impressed. And I was like, yeah. So anyway, what else are you doing tonight? Like, and I was just like, why? would Why? Why did I do that? Why do I do that? And it's because as humans, it can be so uncomfortable to receive praise and accept it and then sit with that and say, like, thank you. I agree. It was really exciting. And that's what, how I really felt. But it's funny. It's a funny thing, uh, humans.
1: Oh my gosh, it's such a funny thing. And I really appreciate you articulating that story because it's, again, it's just something that really has been resonating for me a lot too. And something that I've looked at over the last, especially this last year, and just diving deeper with my fiance and our relationship is, it's actually doing people a disservice when we're not accepting their praise. You know, people want to give it. Like, like they want to give it, and then to not receive it is, like, just saying, like, I don't want your gift. No, thank you. I don't want your gift. And what I've realized with him is, like, no, I I want the gift, and, like, it's up to me to sit with it. And if it's making me feel uncomfortable, if it's, like, feeling really vulnerable, like, yes. Like, bring it. That's really (laughs) good. And and I need to feel those feelings, too, in the process so that I can build my— you know, receptivity muscle in that way and feel stronger so that when I do receive compliments, it's like, yes, you're right, thank you. And there's no shame in that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there, it's like there's so much programming from like, you know, being a woman and, you know, all the, all the cultural things, but it's like just being taught to deflect praise or all the things that we're taught growing up and to actually be an adult now and go, no, I actually, I want to claim this for myself. I want to feel, feel good. And I want to let people give me that gift because that's giving them a gift too.
0: Yes, it is. I know. And I love that you bring it up within your relationship. In my relationship, it's easy for me to accept praise for some reason. Like I'm comfortable in that situation. And for Jonathan, it's not. I mean, he does not like especially like public praise of any kind. And he's training for a mar- uh, Ironman rather, not a marathon, a marathon plus the rest of the whole Ironman. And I tell everybody everywhere all the time because it's a- it's huge. And he trains for like seven hours a day on the weekends. And he always looks at me like, I don't want praise. I don't want to talk about this, but I am trying to share with him, teach him to be receptive because to me, it feels very good to give that praise and he deserves it. And so it's interesting to think about the ways in which I give praise and receive it and don't receive it in all the different places. It's, it's su- such an interesting thing. And maybe for people listening can take a second to think about that in their lives.
1: Yeah. I think it's a really, really important thing. And it's going back to what we were touching on even before, you know, we came online for the podcast when I got here is that piece about just Wanting to have more space and time in our lives and really wanting to have those clear boundaries with our time and all of those things. And to me, that receptivity piece is so important because I notice when I'm starting to feel a little bit burnt out, oftentimes it's because I haven't really been receiving enough.
0: Yeah. If that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah.
1: And so that's been a big piece in, in this puzzle for me too, and negotiating all that. It's like, oh, have I been taking in enough praise? Have I been praising myself enough lately? You know? Yeah.
0: Wow. I love that. Because it's hard to praise ourselves. (laughs) I mean, it shouldn't be. But it becomes less and less hard the more that you work on it. Yes, it does. Just a tiny little break from this amazing conversation with Ashley. She's so inspiring. I can hardly see it. But I promise you this break is worth it because we are talking about a brand that I love so very dearly, Bob's Red Mill. So you guys know Bob's Red Mill is my go-to for all things gluten-free when it comes to baking products. I am a huge fan of everything they do, and I have been for a really long time. Bob's Red Mill has been making gluten-free, organic, and stone ground products for decades that are minimally processed in a stone mill in Oregon and something really cool is that you can really trust their gluten-free products because all their products that are gluten-free are processed in a 100% gluten-free facility to ensure zero cross-contamination, which makes them safe for people with celiac disease. So everything from oats to flours to meals like they have an almond meal that I love and so many other things are all completely safe and gluten free. They also have other dietary restrictions under their belt like paleo and vegan. They even have a vegan egg replacer and a paleo pancake mix. So with the holidays coming up, I thought that you guys might be doing some additional baking. I know I am planning on making all sorts of delicious gluten-free chocolate chip cookies. I love making this gluten-free pumpkin chocolate chip cookie recipe. I've had it on my blog since like 2013. So if you type it into the search bar of thebalanceblonde.com, you'll find it. And you'll find that I used Bob's Red Mill even back in the day. So I've been using them forever. Other things that you can make with their products are superfood bowls with their quinoas, You can um, add beans to it and vegetables like I like to do, or you can also add their protein to your morning smoothie. They have their nutritional boosters, which are delicious protein powders. People are always asking me what my go-to healthy protein powders are, and I trust Bob's Red Mill. I love their stuff. It tastes amazing, and they have been kind enough to offer us a 25% off promotion. So you can use the code Balanced Blonde with no spaces at checkout to get 25% off all products that you could potentially shop on Bob's Red Mill's website. Their company is also employee-owned, which I think is really cool because you know exactly who you're supporting when you head to their site to purchase things. They're also at all sorts of grocery stores, so if you're listening and you're not in the mood to grocery shop right now, you'll probably see them at Whole Foods or wherever it is that you do your grocery shopping nationwide. And just remember, it's... TBB approved. So check them out. They're amazing. And let's dive back into talking to Ashley. So with you working on yourself all the time and getting to these next levels, what are some of your rituals and routines that you use in order to take care of yourself and have a self-care routine?
1: Those are great questions. Lately, a lot of my self-care has been spending time in solitude. And I know we've talked about this kind of at length, and it's something that has... It's not really talked about that much in our, in our wellness t- type of space because it's... Again, I think there's a lot of fear around that. And I know that was my experience with it, like taking more time off and spending more time alone um, was a little bit scary. It's like, oh, if I just like, you know, go off the grid for a couple of days, is like everything going to fall apart. And what I've learned is no, actually everything's better because I'm better and I can show up in all these other ways and I'm like can hold such a like deep 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 space for myself and my clients and my students when I'm, you know, doing that deeper level of work. And for me the rituals have gotten so different. Like, you know, I love taking a bath. I love being in water especially since most of my chart is in water. Water feels just really healing to me, really nourishing to me. It's almost like this cocoon of just like sweetness that is so important. It's also so cleansing. So water's big. Spending time in the woods is like epic. And it's one of the reasons I committed to moving up north with my fiance earlier this year was to be by those redwood trees. (laughs) Like it doesn't take much. I literally just go and put my hand on one for two seconds and I'm like, okay, I'm like totally tapped in and cleansed and all the things. And I've got all the information from all the ages and beyond, you know? Yes, it recharges. Yes, it's so like rejuvenating. It recharges, it's restorative. And oftentimes my rituals these days are really about that restoration and that relaxation. And relaxation meaning like actually relaxing and not checking out, which for a lot of my younger life, relaxation to me looks like checking out. It's like, I'm gonna relax, I'm gonna watch 10 hours of Netflix, or I'm gonna relax, I'm gonna go spend a bunch of money or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And actually relaxing for me now is just like literally not doing anything. Right. Like, it has to be. Yeah, like nothing. Right. <laughs> nothing. <know>? nothing. <laughs> like like not really anything. Yeah. So which sounds like it just sounds so obvious, right? It sounds so obvious and basic, but it's really can be really challenging.
0: Yeah. When do we do nothing?
1: <laughs> when do we do nothing? And then Uh, you know, my fancy and I talk about this a lot. And he actually made this comment to me recently where he was like, he's like, sometimes it's like, it makes me uncomfortable how much you're relaxing these days. (laughs) Because (laughs) I feel, he's like, I feel guilty when I relax, you know? And I was like, wow, babe. And then it just, it made me so grateful because I'm like, damn, I've come far. Because I used to be like that too. I used to feel so guilty for like taking a day off or taking time for myself or going to the woods for three days alone and like being off the grid and I'd be like, I can't do it. And now it's like, oh, I can. And so it's nice to like, see how far I've come in that direction because it was not easy.
0: (laughs) That is something to celebrate. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. The first and yeah, the first time I ever did that was when I did a five-day panchakarma last year, went totally off the grid, didn't even use a phone to talk to my family, like no words to anyone at all other than the Ayurvedic practitioner who I was seeing every day, Anjali, who's been on this podcast. And the amount of prep work it took to get to that point, not even just for me, but to everyone. Like managers, brands, parents, friends, every person I've ever worked with ever. I was like, I am not going to be available. Not even in the case of an emergency. You will not be able to contact me (laughs) at all. We will not be speaking. And people were flipping out. I had brands that I have worked with for a while. Needless to say, like we parted ways after this because they don't didn't understand me at all, um, who were just like, can't we just sign into your accounts and post then on your behalf because we need you to do these posts. And I was like, no, the absolute point of this is that there is no activity on any of those accounts. And to some people that might sound silly, but that's my job. And so I needed to walk away from it and I wasn't going to hand it over to somebody else. And this experience was for me, but it was also for my readers and my audience like, To teach them and show them the tradition of Panchakarma, I am not going to have sponsored posts being woven in throughout, written by someone else. Absolutely not. That's like the antithesis of me. And it was such a time to stand in my power and say no and walk away from probably the biggest contract I had ever been offered in that world. And that's just one thing, but... I will always look back on that time and think if I can say no to all of that. And I very easily lasted the five days. Every single person did. It was not a big deal whatsoever in the end. It was five days. I lost my phone in Whole Foods and it was great. I didn't have one at all after that for a little while. And I can't wait to do more. But ever since then, I've felt more comfortable. If there's just a day, no emails, no phones, nothing. I know how beneficial that is, to me, I think it's what opened me up intuitively, and that's another thing I want to talk about with you because I don't actually know like a whole lot about your intuition and your spirit and how tapped in you are, but it was Kelly that was telling me because Kelly, Kelly VAC for people listening, she... She, I don't want to say she doesn't believe in like the the crazy deep end that I have jumped into, but she's way more skeptical. She's a science person, and she was like, "Well, Ashley can hear things, or whatever it was that she said." And I'm like, "What? I have to talk to Ashley about this." Um. So, what is your what is your intuition all about? Tell us.
1: Um, my intuition started from I mean, just from a very young age. My mother used to always tell me how intuitive I was, and. I was like most children, like very empathetic. You know, she's like, whenever another kid would get sad at school, like you would get sad. If we were out in line in the grocery store and like the person behind us was having a feeling, you were having a feeling. She's like, you were literally just like having all these feelings of all the people around you. And so that's kind of where the gift started. And that is a gift. I mean, it's amazing to be empathetic and to be able to, you know, feel what other people are feeling. And especially when I'm working with clients, oftentimes I will. Have an intuitive sense, so I'll get a feeling in my body of what they're feeling before they even have put words to it, and how it comes in handy is when people are saying words to me, but then I'm feeling something different, you know? Yeah, and so and you're like, and are so, you sure? So i be like, everything's fine, and I'm like, really? Because I have a pain in my stomach, so not, everything's not fine. And I mean, that's a very simplistic way of saying it, but it's really being able to just sense energetically in my body what other people are feeling, and as I've studied over the years and as I've done so many different practices with that empathy piece I've really I'm in the process right now I feel like of mastering it because I feel like the empathy is so great and it's so important but it's it's not the end-all be-all you know, and being um, being sensitive, being in tune and being present is for me where most of my intuitive gifts come from now. If I stay super grounded when I'm working with people, like the information just comes. So it might come as a feeling. It might come as a sound. It might come as a word. I don't usually see images. It's very rare that I see images, but that's usually how it comes in. That's
0: so cool. Yeah. So you've learned how to tap into that and use it in your work and... I love it. I mean, that's amazing. I think it's, it's interesting because I think everyone has that gift. And it's just some people are so much more attuned to it. And then those of us who are empathetic and sensitive and born that way, we're way more attuned to it because we can't help but feel it. And just like you said, I remember being a kid in the grocery store or the mall and like seeing someone with a disability. I would, I would flip out to the point where my parents had me in therapy from age four because they weren't used to that amount of emotion. And then I've just harnessed it as I've gotten older and embraced it. And now I understand what I was feeling was just like this deep sense of just oneness with with them. It's so interesting. And I know I had been telling you before you came over today that I will get, sometimes I'll get these like senses about, um, People in my life, and like, almost be able to see a vision of something that we will do together. And I've been getting them about you constantly, and here we are doing the podcast, which is fun. But I also see like so much, and it's very cool.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's one like intuitive um, skill that I've really been wanting to work on. And it's 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 like you; these things have come really naturally to me. But honestly, what I tell people who want to work on this stuff is just get grounded. Like, if you can slow down and ground yourself the Information will come you know and to trust whatever information you get and to practice with it you're not going to get it right hundred percent of the time in the beginning, but just when you trust that first thought and this is a very interesting point for me as someone who spent a lot of time in 12 step program where the the languaging in 12 step is like don't trust your first thought and it's very you know counterintuitive especially to how I work now, which makes sense in a recovery program, especially you know when you're coming in and like for me when I was heavily addicted and really just down in the dumps, it's like, yeah, my first thoughts were usually like, drink, 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 like get out of your body, get out of your body, like hurt yourself. And so, yeah, those thoughts, like definitely ignore those. Like those are not the ones to follow. But after a while I was like, but wait a minute, like I've sobered up. I'm like in my body now more like I'm getting these hits. Like, can I not trust them? And so part of like that, you know, rehabilitation for me in that way has just been to be able to trust those thoughts and so much of our culture is telling us not to trust ourselves too. So it's like, we've got this big umbrella of like, don't trust yourself, buy this thing, you're going to be okay. And we're like, actually, I don't need that thing. I need to just listen to myself, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's That's true. There's a lot of different things out there, whether it be a 12-step program or just something your parents told you when you were growing up or whatever to think about things. Don't trust your first instinct. Just wait a while. And I think that is actually what hindered me for many years from tapping into the intuitive hits that I now get. Just thinking like, wow, I have a wild imagination. (laughs) Something just flew into my head. That wasn't me, whatever. And then just be like, that wasn't real. But now I'm broadening my horizons and I believe it is real. And it's all also about Our perception and our belief system, and if you believe something's not real, then it's not real to you. And if you believe that it is, then it is. And that's kind of the most earth-shattering, but most simple thing I have learned over the last year. I would say.
1: Oh, that's such a huge thing! It's such a huge thing, and I love that you said that. It really does come down to your belief, you know. And one thing that's fun to do is to also play with it. Like I one of my favorite little tricks is when the phone's ringing or when I feel it buzzing, before I look at it, I just like, who is it? And I just ask myself, like, let's play the guessing game. Like those little like intuitive games are so fun and it's a really good way to like practice too.
0: Oh, I love that. I was just thinking that because my phone was buzzing. I think I know who it was. Oh, I was right. This is, this is see? so exciting. There you go. But then again, I'm almost cheating because like Jonathan's probably my most called person. But then who are all these other people? Hey, but it um, still counts. Yeah, it does count. So I want to go into the rapid fire questions that I've started asking everyone that comes on the podcast and they don't have to be like that rapid, but you'll see why. So are you ready? Yes. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Hell yes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Home or Traveling. Home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: 100%. <laughs> Favorite 90s jam.
1: Mm. How will I know, Whitney Houston? It's not 90s or 80s, and now I'm dating myself. <laughs>
0: I think that was I think that was the 90s. I think it
1: was early early 90s. <laughs> you know what's
0: funny about this question? It's very hard for everyone to be like, what was a song in the 90s? But for me, I was born in 1990, and it's like so anything I listened to. Right yeah, yeah Backstreet like, Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears, TLC. I love that. Yeah, Winnie Whitney Houston's Houston. been on my mind,
1: like her voice. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. So anything, Whitney. <laughs> I love that. Favorite crystal? Favorite crystal. Ooh, good question. I'm just going to, there's so many faves, but these days I've been working a lot with carnelian. Ooh, mm-hmm.
0: this deck right here of cards that we have sitting next to us has a carnelian card in it, and it's not part of my regular deck, um, but it was given to me by Colleen McCann, Style Ritual Shaman. And I've felt like so drawn to it, but I don't really know that much about it. Tell us, I can't find it, but tell us about it.
1: I love carnelian for grounding. So mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite grounding stones. People associate it with either first or second chakra, just depending on who you talk to and depending on like, you know, what you're working with. But I really like it for grounding. It's really strong. It's really deep. It's really powerful. Yeah, mm. it's amazing. And it's just this like beautiful, like deep, deep, deep red. So yeah. Pretty. yeah, it's like all earthy.
0: Ooh, I need one of those. Speaking of chakras, I want to say I've never asked this question, but do you have like a chakra that you feel the most connected to?
1: It changes every day. I actually do um, chakra clearings and like um, calibrations on myself every day, um, depending on what's happening. And sometimes I'll calibrate my chakras throughout the day. Like I actually calibrated my chakras right before I got here. I was in the car and I dilated my third chakra so that it would be really open because we're doing the podcast and also my throat. Um, So those are the two ones that I was working with right before I came in. One of the more subtle chakras that I've been working with lately are the chakras around um, the temples of your eyes. So these are the telepathic chakras. Mm. And for me, and this will be great for you too, and anyone else who's listening that tends to just like get a lot of information from a lot of places... Dialing those chakras down and really working with those chakras has been a lifesaver for me lately. Like it is really helping just keep everything focused. How do you do that? <laughs> or would that be a whole podcast in itself? That actually, we could do that. That would be amazing to do a whole chakra oh, podcast. we should. Right? Actually, like,
0: you could lead people through it. Yeah, like a let's do it. Teaching. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, <laughs> well, like, I...
1: My brain just went... Yeah, yes. <laughs> me too.
0: Stay tuned to everyone. Ashley is going to be back here really soon. Um, I need to learn. I don't know how to calibrate. Chakras. Yeah, we're going
1: to... We'll do a whole thing. It'll be great.
0: I have... Yeah. Um, my solar plexus is very imbalanced Every Reiki person tells me that and I feel it. And that's obviously where we feel things. Yeah. So it's like broken because it has felt so much. So I would like to calibrate that.
1: Oh, that'll be so good for Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And for you, this telepathic one is like literally going to be a life changer. Yeah. Yeah. I get
0: woken up in the middle of the night by like franticness. And that's what happened today, too. And it's like miserable. It's not a good way to live.
1: Crown, yeah. too. We, oh, to, yeah. Yeah, we need to keep this one I do less need to open. Really work on it. I know. It'd be like one of those Kundalini
0: teachers walking around with a white turban on from Kundalini, which I would like to do, honestly. I think it would keep things succinct. Tage, the Kundalini teacher, Nine Treasures, she always says if she's not wearing that turban and you see her driving, like pull her over because it's a dangerous day. I'm like, oh my God, I think that's going to be me one day. You're like,
1: I'm feeling that, sister. I'm Uh feeling that. Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) So if you could give one wellness tip, what would it be?
1: Trust yourself. Trust yourself. Yeah, I think that's the one I was... there Because there's so much in that. There's so much in that. Trusting ourselves requires a level of slowing down. It requires a level of being willing to kind of... Lean into stuff that's uncomfortable and be willing to kind of take the be willing to take risks. It also requires us to stand in our integrity and be loving. So I think that it's just so it's all encompassing. Right? Yes, trust,
0: trust, huge. If you could be any animal in the world, what animal would you be?
1: I think I'd like to come back as a house cat.
0: I mean hello
1: I mean like best do you see this best life please everybody
0: (laughs) listening Hudson is inside of a basket underneath of a desk and I've seen him the whole time basking in the sun it's taken every ounce of restraint to not just like point that to you the whole entire time we've been sitting here (laughs) because he looks so comfortable and I've never seen him in that basket oh my
1: gosh yeah I mean he's living his best life you (laughs) know and it's He's relaxing. Cats relax. It's one thing I, I always will say to clients who have cats. I'm like, just watch your cat breathe. And just to like go back to that breath, it's like when the breath is, when our breath is moving freely in our body, our whole body breathes. And so cats are really wonderful examples. Cats are babies. And just watching them breathe, it's the whole organism is expanding and softening and expanding and softening. And there's so much flow of energy and it's beautiful. You know, and so often as adults, we're constricted in all the different ways that we're constricted from our holding patterns, from our past, lot, you know, childhood stuff, from stress, from the day, whatever it is. And it's like being able to open in that way is so, so beautiful. And like that's a regulated system right there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I do watch him breathe. I lay my head on him at night like a pillow and I feel it and then it soaks into me. Yes. And it's the best. Yes. He's the best pillow.
1: Mm.
0: Huddy. The one item in your pantry that you can't live without.
1: My ghee. There's no way. I mean ghee sure. is literally everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of that, what's your dosha?
1: <laughs> my dosha is I'm Vata Vata Vata. <laughs> your Vata.
0: I can see it <laughs> all, all over things. you. Vata yes. is your Vata. Um, I'm pitta. Pitta Vata.
1: Books. <laughs> what is your what are some of your favorite books? Some of my favorite books, well, I'm just um have Esther Perel's new book—it's mm. like coming to me. It's gonna be. It might even be out right now. It might have just come out. But I, I think
0: I saw a video of her signing it. Yeah, state of
1: posted, state of affairs. It's it's in my queue. It should be to my door any day now. Um, I haven't read it yet, but it's like I've been like waiting with bated breath for that book. Yeah, she's like relational, like everything master she's guru. So cool. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, so that's one that I've really been waiting for. Um, I love the new Crystal Muse book. Like, so excited about it. I think. Shout out to you ladies. You did an amazing job. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's helpful. It's meaningful. It's mm-hmm. just like everything you could want in a book. It's so pretty. You know? Yeah, it's really pretty. It's really pretty.
0: Love. What are some of your favorite podcasts to listen to?
1: Besides this one, this mm-hmm. is one of my faves for sure. Yay. Um, so good. So good. I love... actually love the Tim Ferriss show, which might seem like really odd, but... No, I love it too. He's got some good tips on there, you I know? I mean, for
0: anyone who is looking to grow their business, hack their life, live a healthy, very specifically fueled life, Tim Ferriss is the dude. Yeah. Four-hour work week.
1: Hello. All the way. <laughs> yeah, let's do this.
0: Yes. Yeah. Four hours.
1: He's following. amazing. I love his podcast. I love On Being, Krista Tippett. That Mm. podcast is amazing. She interviews just so many like leaders in spirituality and Mm. healing and music and art and all these things. Her interview with David White is just, will blow you away. He's one of my favorite poets of all time. And yeah, that interview was just, you will, like I've listened to it probably five times by now. It's, It's amazing. I also love... Here in LA, the so retro, great gals. They're yes, so they're the fun. Best. Like they're so 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 fun. And I also love um, the Tara Brock podcast. She's oh, a Buddhist meditation teacher, Ooh. and her po- she just does these beautiful dharma talks and meditations, and it's awesome.
0: I'm gonna find that.
1: Yeah, for sure. You'll love it.
0: Yay! If you were a color, what color would you be? Gold. You're wearing gold. Gold is that gold? That's
1: pretty it's, much gold. It's actually it was dyed with marigold, so it's plant oh, dyed. Oh my god! I know.
0: So it couldn't even possibly be no. closer to <laughs> no, like marigold this is, this color. Is it. That's amazing. Yeah. It makes me feel happy. Yeah, gold know? is bright. Yeah. and amazing.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I see that for you. Yeah. Which I wear a lot of white, and like, I feel like my Instagram feed. I'm only wearing white, but <laughs> I, I love gold.
0: Kundalini life. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, you're gold. You yeah. like radiate gold. Gold. Beautiful. Well, tell everyone where they can find you.
1: So you can find me at my website. It's just www.ashleyneese.com. I'm also pretty active over on Instagram. It's Ashley underscore niece. I've got a newsletter you can sign up for on my website and it's got all info for sessions and classes and upcoming events and stuff like that
0: amazing when you guys, wherever you live, you don't want to miss Ashley when she comes through. And if you live in LA or NorCal, those are two of the places where you can find her. But... I'm very proud of her because she is taking some time off, it sounds like, in December. And that's my goal also. Let's all cross our fingers for that day because if you see me working during December, just slap a phone out of my hand or a computer because I don't want to be. I need that time to recharge and I'll be inspired by you and you're recharging during that time. And yeah, you're amazing.
1: Thank you so much, Jordan. This was awesome. I loved every minute.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I loved every minute. It flew by and you'll be back for chakra clearing. Is that like a meditation or? Yeah, it'll be. We'll do a guided meditation.
1: Yeah, it'll be awesome. Oh my
0: God, you guys. If you're not already subscribed to Soul on Fire, (laughs) now would be the time. Well, thank you, Ashley. You're amazing. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. How amazing is Ashley Neese? I am sure you're going to be running and booking an appointment with her or at least thinking about it and maybe looking to see if she's coming to your area anytime soon to do a workshop or anything. She is pretty life-changing and as simple as it might sound, learning how to breathe can change your whole entire life. And I know that I can speak from experience when I say it has changed my life and continues to because I still have a lot to work on when it comes to breath work. So lucky to have her in my life. So lucky to share her with you guys, all of her knowledge about the subtle body, the chakra system, everything else. She's just a gem. And thank you so much to our sponsors for today's episode, Rebel. Be sure to enter our giveaway on Instagram and to Bob's Red Mill. Make sure to use the code Balance at check out um, 25% off Bob's Red Mill. Holidays coming up, lots of delicious baking in your future, maybe. And thank you for listening. If you feel inclined or inspired to rate and review this podcast, go ahead and send me a screenshot once you do so so that I can thank you by sending you my blogging tips and tricks document that I send to everyone who rates and reviews the podcast because I am so deeply grateful to you for your support because this podcast would not be a podcast without you guys. I'm going to Bali tomorrow and I'm so excited and I can't wait to share on Instagram and I'll totally do a recap podcast when I get back and all that good stuff but bali is calling my name i feel like a huge spiritual transformation is gonna happen and i can't wait thank you guys for being amazing sending you love every single day if you ever feel down or low or blue please know that this girl over here cares about you times a trillion and just loves you loves your support loves everything about you Thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate you more than words can say. Lots of love. Talk to you soon. Have an amazing and inspired and soul on fire day.